Hi there, guys. I have Rob Toomey here, president of Type Coach, uh, who has made his time available. And I think it's going to be a very exciting session. And I will let Rob explain what Type Coach does in the area of personality. And I'm sure you're going to get some golden nuggets out of this session. Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Gerald. And I think this is a uh, very interesting topic for me. So I'm excited to share. Uh, so Type Coach is an online system that helps people communicate and influ influence more effectively. We've taken the principles of personality type and put it into application. So uh, the basic principles of extroversion, introversion can now be applied to uh, the context of communication. How do I approach someone who's different from me in a style that will most likely resonate with them and get my message across most effectively? Thank you for that uh, brief introduction, Rob. And I think many people get sort of hung up on, on on being an extrovert and some of the challenges that they might face, or even being an introvert in that sense. And I'm, and I'm being an introvert myself, I had my fair share of challenges, right? So I want to sort of deep dive a little bit uh, with you in terms of what do you see as the specific challenges introverts might face, say in a work setting or even in the family setting, in order to be better understood or let's take it one step further in order to influence and engage others better what do you see as the main challenges sure well so first i'll point out that this isn't really about social graces and you know introverts can be the life of the party and so on the the key piece is just where we get our energy and also some mental functioning so what we find is that extroverts do their best thinking when they have, have a chance to talk and so you'll see them in the context of influencing having an easy time sort of navigating uh, environments where there's not a lot of pre-planning or pre-thought. Uh, they're just sort of working it out as it goes. We find that introverts do their best thinking, thinking somewhere between two and 48 hours after a complex topic has been introduced. And so their best thinking emerges, you know, not in that moment, not necessarily 30 seconds after someone's asked, hey, you know, Rob, where do you see your business in 18 months? Uh, that sort of complex question requires some thought and some integration. So right off the bat, we start to see some opportunities for introverts where in the context of influencing this, they can say, all right, well, how can I make sure that if I have a complex topic that I need to process, I've created enough space for that prior to the moment of truth when I need to get that message across to someone else? It's interesting that you talked about the moment of truth. I think sometimes the moment of truth sort of hits us left field, that we are not really prepared for it in that sense. And, and how do we sort of set ourselves up for success? I think this has been the challenge that I've encountered, I think, years back in that sense, when you're not really sure what you're up for or what you're going to be up against. And, and, and I think in this day and age where perception is reality, you know, sometimes when you're seen in a certain way, how do you overcome that challenge in order to be seen differently? Sure. Well, you're touching on two parts, right? So the first is anticipation. So introverts at their, are at their best in the context of influence when they put some time prior to the communication, whether it's in face, you know, face to face or uh, Zoom or you know, over the phone, to anticipate what the other person's questions are going to be and put some thought into what their ideal response would be. And it's not that they have to anticipate everything. This is the key. They just need to anticipate, you know, enough of the sort of questions or comments that are coming in to be able to intelligently respond with their best thinking. And then when there is that curveball, that unexpected thing or question that's been brought up, by having answered so many of the other ones, they can say, you know what, Rob, 
That's a really good question. I want to put some thought into that and come back to you with a really comprehensive or thought through answer. And that actually builds credibility as opposed to the alternative, which is trying to go against the grain of their personality and make something up in the moment. Well, I think that's a good strategy, I think. But I think it's kind of difficult to come up with that response if you're not prepared for it in that sense, right? Yeah. And, and what's and, interesting, yeah, 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 it's totally true. In that moment, it's difficult, but what we notice is there's a big difference between uh, introverts who have the confidence to stand up for that particular piece and others who sort of get pushed around by the social requirement or the sort of expectation that they act like an extrovert. Right. So I think coming back to the point on perception is reality, right? So having sort of gone through that, that whole uh, sort of situation where you're kind of slow to get off uh, the blocks kind of a thing and, and you're being seen in a certain way by your boss or uh, by stakeholders that matter in your organization. Uh, like they say, perception is reality. So how do we come back from that, Rob? I'm, I'm particularly interested in, in your insights around that topic. Yeah, I think that what you're touching on now is slightly different, which is the perception that often extroverts have that there's a low level of engagement or interest in a topic because they're not seeing the same level of energy displayed in the other person's behavior that they, the extrovert, would have. And so they often misinterpret that lack of energy as a lack of engagement or curiosity or interest. And so the introvert has a couple different moves, right? So uh, the first is to say, you know, Rob, I know I don't show it on my face, but I want you to know I am extremely excited about this opportunity and say what is not being said on their face or in their body language, uh, you know, sort of explicitly. The second thing is, you know, to mimic some of those behaviors and say, you know, I'm, I've, I've got to bring up my energy level to let the other person know that I'm feeling it this time. Uh, and, you know, between the two of those, you can usually get the message across. I also think in the context of a team, you know, just having the explanation of, hey, look, you know, uh, to your boss, you know, Karen, look, you and I are different personalities. And I need you to understand that I carry my excitement on the inside. And you may not see it as clearly on the outside as you would with some of my colleagues, but I'm fired up. I believe in this. I am ready to go. And just say sort of you can even do that in the context of a one-on-one -on -one conversation because it answers the lingering question that a lot of time extroverts have in their head, which is where is this person at? And without some explicit signal to that effect, it's difficult to fill in the blank. Excellent, Rob. I really like this idea of signaling that you talked about. End of the day, it comes down to basic communication, right? Saying what is really going on in your head, at least giving them a primer as to what you're thinking about or where you're coming from so they don't sort of misinterpret your behavior, right, in that sense. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and, and it's kind of an interesting concept that you put out there. So how do we go about practicing these skills? Uh, I'm just thinking out loud in that sense, right? At times, I think you may be prepared. At times, you may not be prepared. So how do we have this sort of a toolkit where we know what to pull out and when to pull this out? Yeah, it's like, you know, exercising, you know, or learning a new language. It's going to require some practice. And the first few times for many introverts, it's going to feel out, you know, out of their comfort zone and uncomfortable. Uh, and so, in fact, some ca some cases people will say, you know, I actually stopped doing it because it didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like who I was. And I say, well, you know, push through that that initial sense of discomfort because it's just learning a skill. 
And once you've gotten some comfort with it, it becomes much, much easier to maintain going forward. So uh, we have a number of cases where people start practicing some of the techniques we teach in our course and their personal lives with, you know, a spouse or family members to sort of, uh, you know, get comfortable with this sort of skill set that they're developing and then bring that into the more formal office or sales environment. Right. So I'm going to come back to the point of anticipation that you talked about, because sometimes you don't get a second chance. Right. We go into a meeting or we're in a one to one context where that's the only time that we have. We don't have time for recovery. So how critical is the anticipation piece in that sense for an introvert? I would say it's the most critical thing <clears throat> because, you know, by anticipation, you're going to essentially buy yourself credibility by at least answering certain of the questions that they have. And then you can create the space for the follow up piece, which is, you know what? I need to put some thought into that. My best thinking emerges when I have a time to integrate that. I need to check with some members of my team. I need to confirm some data and I want to come back to you with the right answer as opposed to something that I'm just going to offer you right now. But the the space for saying that only happens if you've been able to answer a number of the other questions that they uh, that they're asking that would be fair for you to anticipate in advance. So for example, you can't go in and just start saying that's a great question about a fairly basic element in what you're describing uh, and then expect that that's going to work. It's going to look, uh, it's going to lose some credibility in the process. Right. So it appears to me that an introvert needs to work a little bit harder before certain key events, needs to understand what's going to be taking place, be prepared up front in order to be seen as credible. As compared to an extrovert. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. And, and I think the key to understanding where you're coming from uh, is to really uh, know yourself. Right. I, I've heard this famous Carl Jung saying, um, let me see if I can remember it correctly. Uh, if you fail to go within, uh, it will continue to direct your life and you will call it fate. I might be saying it wrongly or uh, to some extent, but it's it says something to that effect in, in, in a sense that if we don't really understand ourselves, we might be thinking that's all that we can do or we may not have the potential or that's how we are being seen and stuff like that. So how important is understanding our personality uh, in our own minds, uh, Rob? Well, I, I've devoted my life to it. <laughs> so I feel it's one of those things that um, I believe these are the fundamentals of effective interpersonal communication. And it starts with the understanding of yourself. Uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, by starting to understand yourself, you start to see yourself in context with others, right? So recognizing that, you know, roughly half the population are introverts. Um, but, you know, like, okay, what does that mean? Well, it means that from certain cultures, People have been encouraged to act introverted their whole lives. And so for them, it's a real stretch to connect with and build rapport with someone who's uh, not only a natural extrovert, but has grown up in a culture that has encouraged that extroverted style. That's a pretty big gap to clear. Uh, and often the judgment is in favor of the extrovert saying, you know, this person just doesn't have what I'm looking for. And there's a bias in favor of the extroverts in a number of uh, corporate cultures and even societies. Uh, so, you know, there's some uphill work for the introverts to overcome. And it begins with the understanding that half the people they're talking to are, you know, sort of approaching the situation from a very different perspective. Right. And I think you've mentioned on a very key point in terms of the bias that is currently prevailing or inherent in organizations in terms of how people think, especially our immediate boss, right? And understanding that is quite critical in terms of how we're actually seen. 
And and what would you suggest? Right, there are many sort of personality tools or assessments out there. And I don't know, type coach is something that I've experienced and used and has worked well for me. But what would differentiate type coach assessment or the verifier from any other tool out there in that sense? Yeah, I think one of the, the key differentiators is that people are going to walk out of our program with specific techniques that they can implement to improve the communication with the people on their team and the people around them. Uh, most of these sort of traditional approaches are very focused just on giving people their their own sense of their own personality without leaving them with techniques. Okay, so once I know what my personality type is, that's actually when the hard work starts, which is how do I deal with the people who are not that personality? We all have a pretty easy time dealing with people who are fairly similar to us in personality. But what historically has not been provided and what we're trying to do at Type Coach is give people very specific techniques on when you're dealing with this person, here's what you, specific to your personality, need to keep in mind in order to make the connection, build rapport, get the person to buy into what you're suggesting. So that would, in a sense, also require the person to understand what the other person's personality is, whether it's they're big, they're an extrovert or an introvert. And how easy is it to make that assessment, uh, Rob, in that sense? Well, yeah, there's there's two ways, right? So first, for teams, we basically have them go through the assessment and share the results into a chart, which provides them, it really spells out the advice uh, given the team distribution of personality. So that's the really easy case. In our training, we're teaching people how to identify preferences and others based on clues and behavior. And actually, the introvert-extrovert one is pretty straightforward. It's actually fairly easy to spot. Um, And if we flip this around, instead of talking about what the introverts need, let's talk about what you need to do when you're dealing with an introvert. It's the same principle. That two to 48-hour rule is essential. You don't want to expect walking into that meeting that you're going to get their best thinking straight away. So plant a seed. If you're trying to influence a client or prospect, your boss or your spouse, they want some time to reflect on it. And so if you can honor that preference by saying on Wednesday – I'd love to talk with you about this on Friday and plant the seed. They'll come back engaged and ready to participate on Friday. Excellent, Rob. So let's say we are dealing with a group of introverts here in that sense, right? And and I'm thinking, what would be the best advice that you would want to leave with, with an introvert in terms of how they can actually improve their ability to influence others, whether it's at work or at home or even in the community that they're actually in? What would be the starting point? Yeah. So first, anticipation. And second, in conversations, in meetings or just one-on-ones, participate early. And this is one of the little nuances we picked up along the way, Gerald. So uh, introverts, if they wait too long in the conversation to participate, actually find it much more difficult to insert themselves into the conversation later on. So if 10, 15, 20 minutes have gone by in the meeting, it's really much more difficult for them to summon the energy to insert themselves into the conversation. So anticipate what the conversation will include. Even go to the person who's managing the meeting and say, hey, what are the things that I should be thinking about ahead of time? And then come into the meeting prepared to participate early. And what we find is that the introverts who do this actually find it really easy to continue participating during the course of the meeting. And it established their engagement, it established this, their sort of, um, you know, the fact that they're actually participating in this means that, you know, you don't have to worry about where their thinking is at. It kind of feels that you're building your confidence early on up front in the discussion, sort of, uh, uh, I would to some extent, exerting your your voice, right? Knowing that you're an introvert, you're taking uh, the uh, 
the opportunity to exert yourself early on and to be seen as being present. And I think that's exactly. very good advice, uh, Rob. So I really want to thank you for the golden nuggets that you've shared here. And I think it's going to be extremely useful for any introvert who wants to sort of get an upper hand or get a sort of a head start into how they're actually being seen, especially in the corporate world out there. Thank you very much, Rob. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Jared. Guys, so you've heard Rob Toomey, the president of Type Coach, share his golden nuggets and insights. Go ahead, guys. Make a ruckus. Bye for now.